I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to All Stats, Aren't We? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Alderson and I'm joined today by Tom Hustikundle and Dan Holdsworth. Dan, how are you? I'm good, mate. Long time no here. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Yeah, for for this season, we're doing like the reviews. For this is the listeners' benefit. So we're doing the reviews and the previews back-to-back as separate pods. So some of you will have a funny experience where you might listen to these in the same day tomorrow, and then some of you will listen to the review tomorrow and the preview, I don't know, on Saturday morning, whereas we've we've just spent the last hour and a half talking about the Cardiff game, and now we're going straight back in for another pod. So I've already asked Dan um, once how he is, and I know the answer, but for your benefit, listeners, I'm going to ask him again. So yeah, Dan, Dan's good. What about you, Hostie? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. Yeah, my dog's joined me this time just to sit next to me through this pod, hopefully, and not try and whine and pull me away. But yeah, fingers crossed. Um, like I said, because we've we've done the review pod already, we've kind of covered the news and all the other normal, I don't know, discussion we have before we get into the meat of a pod. So if you're missing that, it's we're hoping that you've already listened to it anyway, um, because it's on our review pod. So we're going to get straight into the Birmingham preview. So in this section, we're going to do some opposition analysis, um, go through a series of questions and just find out what what the team has been doing recently and what, what we can expect from them, really. So question one is, what are Birmingham's recent results and form and has anything changed recently? So they obviously cha- played at uh, the weekend and drew 1-1 with Swansea, but what I think in this section, we're going to focus on the transfers that have happened, aren't we, Hostie? Yeah, so over the summer, they've lost to quite key players for them in um, Tahith Chong and uh, Job Bellingham, so Jude's younger brother, who, if I remember correctly, he was touted as being the better one. So that's an interesting transfer that they've chosen to go through. Obviously, they've had a takeover as well from an American consortium who pretend to be the Peaky Blinders, and uh, Tom Brady's with them or something. But yeah, they've... So, as I mentioned, they sold Chong and Bellingham for around about Six 
six and a half million euros they got him for him. Um, and then they lost their right back and left back, who were Maxime Collan and George Friend, who were 31 and 35, respectively. So some old players in that sense. And what they've done with that six million euros is they've tried to bring in players who are either really quite young still. So Lee Buchanan from Werder Bremen, who I think was at Tottenham before he was there. Um, kind of like in a similar way to how Sancho went over to Dortmund and uh, Reese Oxford went to Augsburg. Ethan Laird, so Man United under 21. The other ones that are quite interesting then are the fact that they've signed Sariki Dembele from Bournemouth, who is kind of a player who did really well for Peterborough, got his move to Bournemouth in the Premier League, or even, yeah, in I think in the Premier League at the time. And then it's not worked out for him there. And so they've signed him on probably a cut price deal. The similar's happened with Tyler Roberts, and then they've taken a big risk on uh, Christian Bielek, who's a very good player, but he's got injury issues, but he's only 25, but they've got him at a cut-price deal. So they're trying to make some bargain buys on players who should or were expected to be really good. So I just think that's really interesting of how they're trying to go about their transfer business, even under a new regime takeover, in that sense. And they've brought down the, uh, they've brought down the age of the squad, therefore, as well. Yeah, you do well to not use the term moneyball there, Hosty, so well done. Let's get into the details of how Birmingham play then. So, Dan, question two. How do Birmingham set up in possession? So, they were kind of a, a wing-back team, like a 3-4 or 3-4-3 or a 3-4-1-2 team last season. Um, uh, but they switched to a 4-2-3-1 sort of towards the end of last year, and it seems they've gone with that system again at the start of this year in pre-season. Um, they're pretty good with, it, with in the ball and the possession, uh, not overly direct. But can go, can go direct, you know, kind of on the ground. Um, we've got some really good ball carriers, and I think the fullbacks they've bought, the two young fullbacks they've just bought, I think they're quite. Um, I think that you know, I think they they will carry the ball from deep and give them a lot of width. So, and, and they've got fairly quick wingers now. I think so. I think they're looking to be a kind of a transition team, but not not a pump it forward, long ball sort of team. Um, like I say, the fullbacks get really high, and and I think like I say, even Laird is going to be really really important for them. I think he's going to be a big creative outlet on the right hand side for them, and Tariki Dembele will be a big creative outlet on the left. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think it's just all about generating transitions and that the, the, quite an athletic team. I think quite big, big athletic, fast players. So yeah, I, I just I think like an up and down team really, and I think their games will probably be ding dong transition games. I think that was the case at the weekend when they played Swansea. I think it was an end to end sort of game with plenty of chances, even though it pinched one also. And then Hosty, what about the out of possession play for Birmingham? Yeah, so they um, they're quite aggressive in the press. That was something which was noticeable from their goal. Against Swansea, they pressed from a throw-in as it went back to the goalkeeper and forced him into a weak pass to his centre-back, who then lost it, and uh, Dembele scored from that. And see, saw similar from one of the games last season against Sunderland. Pressed really high. Trigger came through the centre midfield and created good op- good opportunities there. So, yeah, um, I think Eustace said that... I think he was asked about the amount of times that they won the ball in the opposition half and around halfway and that that's something they've been really trying to work on pre-season so I think they're going to they're going to be quite aggressive on us still I think especially with if we are starting Creswell I think he might be one of their triggers for who they're really going to try and press um, otherwise I think the defenders that we've got are good enough to handle it Melier hopefully is I think we might see him end up going long a bit a few times um, I think I hope that he's got out of his way of persisting to try and play short when it's not on. If you are getting pressed and that pass isn't on, just go along. Um, 
that he might be tempted to try and find and force a pass to Ampadu. So, but that that's obviously us in possession. But I think that's what Birmingham will be trying to force us to do with their press. And with all that in mind, then Hosty, where where do you think they can be hurt? Um, so where they can be hurt is in behind the back, over the top. Uh, in as Dan said, it can be quite transitional in that sense. Um, so yeah, if we can get behind and over the press, play through the press. With that that's should be how they can be hurt. There's some defense if they do sit back, there's some defensive issues that they have. Um because what I noticed was their defenders didn't like being dribbled at. So that could also be an option that when they do try and sit back, if we can get our dribbly players on the ball and running at them so they kind of look a bit scared to dive in and a lot of the times they might get a foot on it, but it was never a foot with conviction onto the ball, so it would then ricochet back into the opposition's path. Uh, so yeah, I think by playing through the press, or if you haven't managed to do that and they have ended up dropping back into more of a low block, I think the defenders are uneasy in that situation. And if you just ru- if we can get the players running at them, we can have some joy there. And uh, yeah, I think that's how they can be hurt. Yeah. Dan, is there anything you want to add there? Or should we move on to where they might hurt us? Yeah, just just one thing. The, the Swansea goal at the weekend was kind of kind of a transitional moment, but it was like a, a manufactured transitional moment. So Swansea were building out from the back, and Matt Grimes, favourite of a lot of Leeds fans, kind of ran into the kind of number six position, picked the ball up, and and he kind of dragged um, Birmingham centre mid out with him, and he flicked it straight over the top uh, in behind the kind of between the centre backs and full backs. So it was like almost like a transition move from a build up, almost like reminiscent of. Brighton under De Zerbi almost that kind of artificial transition. It just I just thought watch that. I thought yeah, Ampadu can do that. We could do that. We might be able to get get at them in that respect. So yeah, something to look out for. Sounds good, and I'm I'm always happy for Leeds to be compared yeah. to De Zerbi. That's, <laughs> that's the that's the dream in it really. Yeah. Um, I'll stay with you then, Dan. Where where do you think they might hurt us, or where might we struggle? Well, I think they're going to win the ball in transitional moments. As Hostis already said, they're going to be quite aggressive. They're going to going to obviously going to look and try and probably attack Ailing. Probably try and attack. Um, Creswell in build-up moments, um, so I think they've got really good runners in, in a lot of advanced areas. So I think, but you know, if we lose the ball around the halfway line or in when we're trying to build up, they'll, they'll turn and they'll, they will have seen the the first um, Cardiff goal yesterday on, on Sunday, and and they'll fancy generating like you know generating those opportunities in behind Ailing or or whatever, whoever's at right back. So that's that's the moment. It's just going to be transition. Who wins a transitional arm wrestle? I guess it's probably the, the, the order of the day. Uh, Hofstie, anything you want to add? Cause you, you kind of hinted at stuff in your your previous answers. Yeah, I think uh, I don't want to go too much into the players, which is the next question. But yeah, they they could definitely cause us some danger if they can get the triggers and the way to press correct. Um, so I think, like, obviously getting at Creswell in their press and dribbling at Ailing will probably cause some issues for us if that's something that they can do. I'll stay with you then, Hosty, because um, you talk, talk about which players from Birmingham we need to look out for. And like, like I said last week, when me and Martin were talking about Cardiff, this can be both players that we need to be scared of or players that we can try and um, exploit because they're not very good. So what what do you make on this one? Yeah, I think the one that we should be wary of is a name that I've already mentioned and Dan's mentioned. It's the goal scorer from the weekend, Sariki Dembele. So I think he's just one of those players who's gotten lucky with his move to the Premier League. It's just not worked out. But I think he's clearly got talent there. He drove inside um, against the right back, Swansea's right back, and got away a few good shots. His finish was really good on Saturday as well. Uh, I think the stats say that he attempted seven take-ons against Swansea, and 
he was successful three times, which is a good percentage. That's just under 50%. So yeah, I think we need to be worried there considering what we discussed in the preview, in the review um, of Cardiff with regarding Ailing defensively. But if we can keep, I guess, for us therefore, we just have to try and hold on to possession and limit their ability to get those chances, I guess. What about you, Dan? Which which players from Birmingham stand out to you? Yeah, well, straight away, look, Dembele, we've said that already, but I can just see him staying high and wide, wide and left. He'll fancy his chances against Ailing, I would think. And I think the, the big um, outlet on the right is Ethan Laird, the right back. He was on loan at QPR last season. And again, I think he just drives and almost becomes the right winger. It looks like it anyway, from what we've seen so far this season. So I think those two are going to be the big ball carriers. Um, Tyler Roberts played um, in the graphic. He kind of played on the right-hand side of, of the front three. Um, but my, I think, from what I can gather, he was um, he was playing kind of quite centrally and driving at the ball through the middle, sort of almost like a second striker or an attacking midfielder for the middle. Um, he's, I think he got a bit of a knock, so we might see Junior Bakuna. Now, Junior Bakuna had quite a good season last year. He was formerly of Huddersfield, and he was their top assister, so he might be a guy that kind of benefits from, from you know, from the from the chaos that, that I guess Laird and, and, and Bakuna might try to create. Um, up front, they've got a guy called Scott Hogan, who's just a really, like, hard-working kind of forward. Not, not, not fantastic, but just a real hard-working like, worker B type who everyone can play off. So I think those are the kind of the big dangers that we need to watch for. Good stuff, and... Dan, then what what do you expect the predicted lineup to be like? You, I'll I'll just run through what they they did for the last game. So they um they did uh, John Rudy in goal, um Laird at right back and Buchanan at left back, and then they had a centre back of Sanderson and Kevin Long, and then a double pivot of Sun is it Sunjic? Is that how you pronounce Sunjic. that? Sunjic, I think so. Uh, Sunjic and Bielik, um with Keshi Anderson in front of him, and then like you said, Dan Roberts on the sort of right inside forward um, and then Sariki Dembele on the left with Scott Hogan up front so uh, would you expect the same as that Dan or would you expect a couple of changes but it's just injuries isn't it so I think Laird got a knock and I think Roberts got a knock so it depends if they're fit now so Bakuna's like a like for, almost a like for like swap with Roberts that's that's the likely change there Laird I'm not too sure about they got a guy called Marcel Oakley who came on um, young midfielder I think so I'm not too sure. So I think Laird will be a loss if the if he doesn't play, and I guess Roberts will be lost because he's a good player, isn't he? But I think they've got a better fill in there with with um, with Bakuna or you know a more like for like player. But otherwise, I see the team stay much the same. Um, they've got quite a young bench, some good you know some talented players. But yeah, I think it's starting eleven is their kind of the one that we'll go with when they're fit. I think. Yeah, you'd agree with that, Hostie? Yeah, totally agree. I just look at the bench and I get scared with players like Lukas Jukovic, who are like really bang average. Big players in the is chat. he the massive lump <laughs> yeah. one? They're just is he still knocking yeah, about? Yeah, they're just those really big. They're just those really big bang average championship players who do a job, who always get hat tricks against Leeds, and so it's like, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's move on to talk about Leeds and how they'll approach this game. Then, so Hosty, how how do we predict that? How do we predict Leeds will set up in possession for this game, uh, both structurally and tactically? And is there anything you can think from? the analysis of, that we did at Birmingham that we might see them do specifically for this game? Uh, yeah, I think we'll stick with like the 4-2-3-1 that we've been seeing throughout the time and trying to keep hold of the ball possession-wise. Build up wide. Um, I think building up wide is probably a good idea and then getting those front four because if we're going to have the same front four then we're going to have those players who can carry the ball quite well and I think, like I said, if we can, we can do that. And the other advantage is what those four do isn't just give us on-ball ball carrying superiority they're also quite apart from Sinistera Sinistera is fast but he's not the fastest of those four 
which gives you an advantage in transitional moments as well. And so, yeah, I don't think there's going to be too much different to what we try to do. I think we probably just need to try and find the solutions a bit better at the end. Dan, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't see a great deal of change. I think Fark will stick to his, his, his system for the most part of the season. We've just, just personnel changes that, that tweak how it's interpreted rather than there being a, a significant system change is how I would see it. Um, so, yeah, in, in terms of... Um, yeah, I think it'd be very much the same. I think they'll try and build the ball up just the same. I think that you know the, the right wing, the right back will get forward, the left wing will hold it for a little bit more. They'll try and combine in those kind of areas like they did against Cardiff. Um, we'll probably just have a little bit more space to do that. I think which might help. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'll stick with you then, Dan. So same question as, um, as the previous one, but for the out-of-possession play for Leeds. Yeah, I thought we were fairly aggressive. Um, or, or possibly even go as fast as it was a high press on Sunday. And I... I I expect the same at Birmingham. I think Fark will want to go there and try and dominate the game and treat it like we're the, we're the dominant, you know, the big team that the team is expected to win. So yeah, I think we'll go out there and we'll try and press, and I think we'll look for pressing triggers. Their centre backs aren't the most mobile, so I think we'll we'll fancy getting our quick forwards around their centre backs and winning the ball um, and, and and generating those kind of those transitions from from counter pressing. Yeah, I can see Fark using that. Um, and in terms of when we're broken or when they have the when the opposition have the ball. I think we'll have to be very careful. I think we'll have to probably do more to protect Ailing on the right hand side. So Archie Gray might have to maybe have a more um, a stronger defensive game or a more cautious game and watch for those counter attacks and you know just sort of protect that right half space a little bit more when Ailing does get forward. So I just think we'll have to be a little bit more cautious on the you know with our rest, rest defense if you like, just be a bit more a bit more on it in that respect. But I think the the, the general approach will be much the same. Yeah. Anything to add, Hosty? No, not really. I just wonder if. Um... Four, as Dan was saying, trying to protect uh, Ailing. I wonder if that means that the front four might be in a slightly different combination. Maybe with someone like Dan James on the right, just so that there's that bit of pace that can track back and his tenacity in that sense, which he, he does have as, as much as he, some people loathe him. Um, yeah, I think that. But if he's on the right as well, Taldo, you'll actually be happy that he's on the right. So Yeah, he's a right winger. He's not a left winger. But I will, I will die on this hill as well. Um. Next question then. So, Hosty, I'll come to you. Is there a player or players that you can see having a big a- impact on the outcome of this game from a Leeds perspective? Yeah, so as, as I've mentioned, I think one way of getting at Birmingham is uh, 
through dribbling against them. And I think when you've got players like Somerville and Sinistera, who close ball control is really, really good, that's going to come up really well for us. Um, and so I think that they're going to be like the players to watch for Leeds in this one, which I know is easy to say. They're, they're the like, two most quite exciting players so far from uh, the last game. And yeah, I don't want to feel like I'm, we're bullying him here. But if I were to say a bad, then it's probably... Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll steer away from him and I'll say uh, we're probably going to be starting Creswell. And I think that that's someone who could be got at from Birmingham's point of view on the ball. Um, but he also, if they do put the big lump Lukas Jukovic up, he may also be the better player to deal with him. Yeah. He'll really start battle, Creswell. If yeah. It's that kind yeah. of battle, isn't it? I think Hogan, I mean, Hogan's not a big guy, but he's quite a quite an old school kind of, you know, elbows in yeah, the back bit, of the, the yeah, centre-half. Yeah, kind of like Shea Adams in that centre, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Cresswell might be okay in that respect. He might, he might enjoy that battle and do okay in that respect. Yeah, yeah. I think with uh, Cresswell and Ailing on that right hand side, I think if you have a situation where Gray, I don't know, ventures forward and isn't covered forward, then that's something that does kind of worry me a little bit for the for the game for the Birmingham game. Uh, Dan, any other players that you want to point out for this one? Um, I think Ampadu is going to be quite important in that they're going to probably be pressing, and I think if he can get get the progression going and we can get those kind of transitional moments. You know, through him, through Gray in the central areas, I think that will that will help. So I think we need Ampadu to be on point, uh, and if he is, I think I think we'll we'll cut through them, uh, and we'll be you know we'll be able to put Somerville and Nonto and those guys onto their centre backs, who will scare them to death. You know, if we can get them in those moments, I think we'll, our, our attacking players will, will really hurt them. But we've got to kind of get it to them in good positions in space um, for them to do that. So I think Ampadu is important in that, and Gray as well. I think you just 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 kind of you know receiving that ball and, and turning quickly out, you know. Beat in the press, which I think they can do. I think they are quite press resistant midfielders. I mean, they'll do they'll do a good job there. I hope they will. Anyway, and uh, predicted lineup then. So I will caveat that by this by saying we are currently recording on Monday night. There is the Shrewsbury game on Wednesday, so we don't know if anyone's got injured in then or shown that they've got more minutes and therefore might be rested on the weekend. So this is our best stab at it with the information we've currently got. So um, obviously there could be. Bamford and I don't know Rutter. I don't know how bad their injuries are if they're expected to be out for this one as well. Uh, but down with your with your current knowledge, what would you predict the team to be? Yeah, well, I think I think Cooper's going to be out. He looked pretty nasty injury, didn't it? So I would expect Cresswell to be in for Cooper. Um, I'm really not sure if he's going to start Byram. I think he wants, like I said, we discussed on the previous pod that he probably wants to start Byram. Probably is his first choice. Perhaps he's his first choice. I'm not sure he's ready for 90 minutes yet. So that that's an interesting one to watch. Um, I guess if he does start him on against Birmingham, then we know he's his first choice. I think it kind of confirms that. So yeah, that's one to watch. And and Ruta, I think last week um, he mentioned that Ruta we're hoping to have him back for this game. So whether he's fit enough to start, I don't know. But I think he'll be there on the bench, and we might see him come off the bench at least. So, but otherwise, I think it'll be so Cresswell for sure, and then perhaps Ruta and perhaps uh, Byram in for for Held. But otherwise, the same team, I would think. Yeah, Hosty, you agree? Yeah, pretty much the same. I think. Regarding Byram, as uh, I think it will all depend on that Shrewsbury game. Uh, he might look to try and get 60 minutes in that game from him and then put him back on the bench probably for Saturday and then go for the week after that he does his 90, that sort of rest period. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I don't think there's going to be much changes. It, like, Joffy didn't come on and do too much to change the game or anything like that. He did some nice stuff, but nothing to say, let's start him. Um, and neither did Perveda for what the others did as well. So, yeah, I don't see the lineup being too dissimilar from what Dan said. Yeah, I guess the only question would be about not not which of the front four 
that played uh, started on Sunday play is kind of like where they are. Like they, you might see a bit of a orientation on that one potentially, but I don't think we see any of those four changed out. You'd imagine who, who gets who gets dropped if Rutter or Bamford are fit. Hypothetical of the four. Dan James. Yeah. That's what you want. Uh, but do you see yeah. it? Yeah. I fear. I got the I got the vibe that Dan James is ahead of Bamford. Yeah, Monte I think I think he could be right. Fact, he probably he probably yeah. is. In fact, yeah. And so, so this day will carry on at ten, and Nanto go to the bench. That's my fear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think as well because you. I, I, well, I may I might be re putting two and two together here, but maybe because Nanto started up front, he's the easiest one to drop out in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess if you were expecting, to, I don't know if you if you work on those players being starters at those three positions behind the striker, then it makes sense that the one that was the striker drops out for a proper striker. But yeah. I don't know. We might see. We might not. Who knows. Uh, right, let's talk about the game more in general then. So, Dan, what what do you expect watching this game of football will look like? I think it'll be it'll be messy for ten fifteen minutes at the start, and they'll want to get into leads, and they'll try and, they'll try and assert their physical authority on the game. So, I think it might be quite messy, and I think if 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 Gray Ampadu can can play well and can kind of dominate that middle of the park, Leeds might be able to kind of then take over and you know kind of dominate the ball. So, I think it's a game that Leeds might grow into. Once the kind of initial huff and puff has gone out of Birmingham, um, but I think I, I kind of fear for Leeds if Birmingham score in the first fifteen minutes. So I think it might be quite frenetic. We've got to hold out, and then I think if we then can take control of the game, um, I would fancy us then to win it. You know, if we weren't if we weren't behind after an early onslaught. So that's how I see the game going. I think the longer the game goes on, um, at an even state, I would fancy us to, to to eventually take control and win the game. But I think it will be frenetic and pretty mental for the first ten fifteen minutes transition. Tennis, basically. That was great. What about you, Hostie? Yeah, I think it's going to be similar. It's going to be us trying to attack the ball forward through the press quickly. And then when they've got the ball, they're going to be trying to get it out to their wingers and trying to get through us through dribbling, I think, in that sense. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be transition, but very different types of transition, I think. I think it's going to be one team trying to pass through and one team trying to run through, in that sense. Sounds quite exciting, really. Actually, I'm getting quite excited listening to this. Um Hosty, then final question: Where will this game be won or lost? I I have absolutely no idea on this one. Uh, weirdly, uh, I want to say that he's he's going to be won and lost on on the wingers. Given what I've said, you know, I think both teams' wingers are going to be involved quite highly, and within wingers, I'm including Sinister, even if he plays at ten. Um, so basically, the forwards, if they get joy on our wings, then it's going to be an issue. If we get joy on their wings, it's going to be joy for us that way. What about you, Dan? I think if Leeds, if we get our transition, you know, rest defence right and and, and and keep them out in that respect, I think our quality shows in the end. Um, if we don't, then then I think we've got a tight game on our hands. I think we're going to hurt them either way. But I think if we, yeah, if we can defend and get and get our kind of rest defence right and not get hurt in the transition by them, um, I don't know if they've got much else in the attacking sense. He says foolishly um so yeah if we can if we can handle that i think we win it probably fairly handily but if we, if we can't then it becomes a, a tight game yeah sounds good was is this our first trip to birmingham since that 5-4 or that mental game around christmas or have we played since that was the promotion year so yeah we haven't played them in the cup i don't think so yeah i was just thinking that yeah so hopefully it's a bit calmer than that one but same result well, will do that was fun wasn't it <laughs> hope, that's not fun isn't the word oh, I'd use that was that. a very interesting day for me I was out and I jumped in a taxi. We went 4-3 down or went 4-3 up or something. And then when I got out of the taxi to the next place I was going to, it was 5-4. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, my, my dad popped out to the shop or something. And he like I think he left at whatever, like a reasonable scoreline. And he came back, he was like, what the hell's up here? I was like, 
I was just like in tears in the corner of the room. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so we're all praying for uh, Tom Tears. I hope so, yeah, but in a good way. Like, no, I'm actually going to this game. It's my first away game since Fulham away earlier in the year, so I'm hoping it's going to be a bit of a nicer experience than that one because that was absolutely dreadful. <laughs> if we can get a corner in, that'll be good. That's that's already a step up. Good stuff. So um, do a little plug for the Patreon now. So yeah, if you listen to this before probably Thursday this week, thank you very much for subscribing. If you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday morning, then firstly, why aren't you subscribing to the Patreon? Um, if you've liked what you've listened to, then you can get this even earlier if you subscribe to the Patreon. You can do that from um, either one ninety nine from just the, the lower tier or there's the three ninety nine tier where you get these uh, previews early and you get them, obviously, with all the subscriptions, you get the pods ad-free. And then with the Pablo tier, you get the... Um, the pods early, you get any extra bonus pods we do, and then any other articles we do as well. So, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can go to patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon. We will be back next week with a review of the Birmingham game, but until then, I will say thank you to Dan. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you to Hosty. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone for listening, and enjoy the game. Bye. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.